I have never related to a character more in my entire life than Lucky's dad pulling his hamstring, going after the balloon in the front lawn. Never in my life have I associated more with a character. My lord. Lucky's dad, this goes out to you. Hello and welcome to Obsession Bluey. It's a podcast where I talk about the things that I'm obsessed with. And for this season, season one, I am talking about the hit Australian children's show, Bluey. It is something worth being obsessed about. Before I start, I just wanted to say a quick thing. Um, I recorded this episode yesterday, ready to publish it early today. But last night, I got some pretty devastating news about someone that I really care about. Um, everyone is safe. I'm not going to be really vague about it all, but I debated back and forth about uh, publishing this episode, and I honestly wasn't really thinking about it that much until about an hour ago. Um, but I realized something about good stories and good literature um, that for a long time, I've kind of used them as an escape. That for a few minutes or hours, I was able to stop thinking about whatever I was going through and just get lost in a world that wasn't my own. It's a place you could escape the world. And it's one of the best things about stories. I had cancer a few years back and the way I escaped was through two small, stupid little things. I coached soccer. For two hours, I could forget about what I was going through. And then I would come home and I would read a good book. And both were times where I didn't have to remember anything. And that's kind of what I want to accomplish with all this stuff. To give people an escape and not to have to think about all the stress in their life or a bad diagnosis they were given or the terror of not knowing what's going to happen to you tomorrow. So this episode is for the person that I really care about. I am here for you. We can escape together. And I hope tonight, or whenever you all listen, that you can hug your family members a little tighter and realize that things in this life, they are fleeting. Love is what matters. So I'm not sure I'll be able to put out new episodes for the rest of the week. Honestly, I may try to use this as an escape for myself, but sometimes that's kind of impossible, and I'm someone who gets stuck in my own head a lot. So for the next few minutes, just come escape with me into this beautiful episode of Bluey. There's a lot of really hilarious moments in this episode, so join me. Okay, the short recap of this episode is that they play a game based on one of my favorite games of all time, Keepy Uppy, or as we Americans say it, keep it up, because everyone knows that's the true and proper way to say it. Keep it up. Honestly, I'm probably going to use Keepy Uppy for now on, but keep it up is what we call it here on the other side of the pond. At least, yeah, that's kind of what we call it. Let me start off 
by saying this. Out of the three episodes I've seen so far, this has by far been my favorite. I was chuckling and cackling through the entire episode. It was absolutely wonderful. The episode starts off with a normal shot of the house, but this time there are hot air balloons outside the house, kind of giving a signal for what kind of episode this is going to be. It's going to be about the kids keeping a balloon up in the air for as long as they can. Bluey wakes up. Honestly, it kind of feels like a Saturday when she wakes up. Her mom is home too, so that's kind of why it feels even more like a Saturday, but it just has that vibe to it. I don't know how to explain it, but it just feels like it has a Saturday vibe to it. So she wakes up and she stretches and takes a step out of bed and her foot hits um, the bag of balloons right beside her bed. Morning balloons, she says. Morning last balloon, she corrects herself when she turns the bag upside down. She realizes that she only has one balloon left. Oh no. She blows it up with two breaths, which is actually unbelievably impressive. I don't know... When I, was actually, when I was actually able to start blowing up balloons, but I remember not being able to blow them up for a long time. For some strange reason, it was incredibly difficult to blow up a balloon at that age. I put everything into it, but just could not get it past a certain point. It's kind of like, a, it reminded me a bit of the scene from The Office uh, where Dwight is blowing up balloons for Kelly's birthday. <laughs> They're all tiny and blown up with half a breath because Dwight just could not get past that point either. <laughs> that Jim confronts him and he says, are you trying to hurt my feelings? Because if so, you are succeeding. And it's kind of funny too, because anytime one of my nieces or nephews has a balloon, they always need an adult to blow it up for them because it's too difficult to blow up themselves. So either way, it's just an impressive feat that Bluey can blow up a balloon with two breaths. She does kind of look like she's straining herself in the animation. Her eyes and her eyebrows are giving maximal effort but I just think that she's got that Aussie lung power. The scene cuts to Keely. Finally, Keely. Yes. It feels like Keely will be in an episode for longer than a few seconds. And Keely is holding Bingo over the couch saying, you ready? Ready, she shouts. Keely lifts Bingo into the air. Keep your arms up, she says with a lot of genuine excitement, and then drops her right onto the couch below. Bingo giggles with delight and yells, again, again, as Bluey walks into the room, holding her balloon by the mouth. And just being honest, I had to Google a, a, a diagram of a balloon. Um, and when that didn't work, I typed in, what is the blow up part of a balloon called? <laughs> I thought it was called a nozzle for a quick second. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bluey is holding the balloon by the neck or the mouth or whatever it's called, the nozzle and uh, is greeted by her mother. Morning, Bluey. Oh, what have you got there? This is my pet bird, she responds. She grabs the neck with two fingers um, from both of her hands and lets some air squeak out while she makes a little chirping noise, while the balloon makes a little chirping noise, um, which actually sounds more like a farting noise, to be honest. But Bluey's sense of humor seems way too high, and the show is way too complex to do farting jokes. But I'd be really curious to see if an episode actually does incorporate farting jokes. Because, I mean, every what kid doesn't laugh and cackle with farting jokes? Um, but that's kind of what I was expecting, so uh, you could just say I'm pretty much like a five-year-old at heart. As the air squeezes out of the balloon and makes a bird noise, Bingo giggles again and sings, He's saying, Good morning! <laughs> 
<laughs> Keely also greets the bird before Bluey lets go and yells, Go free, birdie! The balloon zooms all around the room until it runs out of air right above Keely and lands right between her ears on the top of her head. The mock annoyance on her face quickly moves to amusement as her girls uh, have fits of giggles. Oh, that's funny, is it? Bluey and Bingo together laugh and say, yeah, it is. Well, I've got a game for you. Is it Keepy Uppy? Yeah, it's Keepy Uppy. It's Keepy Uppy. Woo! Oh, this quick conversation is way too cute. The first thing I love about it is the playfulness of Keely. She sits there and is probably slightly annoyed that the balloon is sitting on her face. But she looks like she's making a conscious choice here not to let it bother her and turn this moment into a bit of fun. I can see tons of adults out there who might kind of get annoyed, myself included, if a balloon had landed right on their head that their kids or nieces or nephews were playing with. But in the moment of annoyance, we have a choice to either be grumpy about it and end the game or laugh about it. I think the way Keely responds is a lot better. And it seems like kind of the obvious fact. But it's hard. In the moment, those things are hard to do. Um, so I am working on that more myself, is in moments where it slightly annoys me to choose to have more fun than to be grumpy. She also takes a balloon and stretches it at the neck. Again, a small thing that makes the show so much more believable and good. I don't think I've ever seen a parent or a, honestly anyone who blows a balloon that they don't do that before they blow it up. For some strange reason, which I don't know the physics behind, it makes it easier to blow up the balloon. It's just a great animated moment that, again, shows how much care the animators are putting into the small details of the show. Another one of my favorite parts of this scene is something I don't, I honestly don't really know how to describe, but I just love how quick and snappy the conversation is here. I love how quick Keely responds with, yeah, it's keepy uppy when Bluey asks her if, if that's what they're playing. I have no idea why I love this, but I think it might just be that I love quick and snappy dialogue like this. It's just cute. It's like Keely knew <laughs> that Bluey knew what was going on and what they were going to play. And she just wanted to say it as quick as she could. What a fun mom. My goodness, what a fun mom. I also want to pause for a quick second to take note of a few things in the house that are interesting to me. The first are the plants, obviously, because I love plants. It looks like they have some kind of variation of a bird of paradise in their living room. They have tons of pothos. They have two in the kitchen. Um, they have what looks like a philodendron in their living room as well. Um, I'm not exactly sure about that. I thought it was a monstera plant at first, which is one of my favorites, but it's definitely not a monstera. But I think it's a philodendron, some kind of philodendron. And honestly, they have a few houseplants that I don't really know. There's one... Um, I think it's above their refrigerator or something like that. That looks like it's just oozing out of the pot. It's a really strange houseplant and I really want one, but I have no clue what it is. So if anybody here does know what that is, please let me know. Um, and honestly, I'm sure there's, I don't know if some of these houseplants are like native to Australia or something like that, which would be really cool if they were. Um, but the room they are in, I kind of made a mistake. Um, I think the room that they're currently in is their living room. And the room that I mentioned in the first podcast that I thought was the living room is probably the playroom or the family room or something like that. So this room was featured in the beginning of the episode and is much more living room looking. It's got a TV. And honestly, I would be absolutely shocked if the Healer family actually used it. 
Um, they just at the moment don't seem like a TV family. I'm not going to lie. They've got a killer light fixture that is modern, but very Aussie looking. Um, I definitely want one of those. They've got a massive photo or a painting. It's hard to tell of the beach with a shell, a few shells on it and a tennis ball. And I love the idea that there's a tennis ball on this piece of art. Dogs like to chase after tennis balls. It's incredible. They've got some beautiful hardwood floors and a nice area rug, a mid-century modern table <laughs> by the couch. And then on top of the end table is a golden pineapple. It just kind of looks like a big weight, but the Healer family, for some strange reason, loves their pineapples for interior design. That just seems to be a theme going throughout the house. Anyway, after shouts of joy from Bluey about the game they are playing, the title of the episode comes up and Bluey lets us know that this episode is called Keepy Uppy. Fantastic music in this episode. Oh my goodness, it had me whistling all night when I was listening. It's just a phenomenal, phenomenal score to an episode. After the title card, we go back into the living room where Bingo blankly stares ahead and asks, what's Keepy Uppy? Bluey, who looks like she has had years of, ex years of experience playing Keepy Uppy, says, you have to keep the balloon in the air and you can't let it touch the ground. Then comes one of my many favorite parts of this episode. Bingo looks genuinely concerned. She holds her sister by the waist and asks, what happened if it touches the ground? As the camera pushes in and she looks scared. <laughs> oh, nothing, Bingo, Mama Shears Bingo. Very quickly. It's just a game. Oh, okay, Bingo says with reassurance. Oh, I love how sensitive Bingo is. She is just the cutest. Actually nervous that they couldn't let the balloon hit the ground. She's very relieved when she found out that it was only a game. It's just so cute. Oh, my goodness. Keely asks if the girls are ready. And they are. They're wagging their tails. Their arms are in the ready position. Their legs look like they can pounce on anything as soon as their mom releases the balloon. Go! She yells and she releases the balloon into the air and all the built-up energy of their daughters is released as well. They chase after the balloon yelling, Bunt! Every time they hit it up. And Keely walks around hitting it with them. Bluey runs up on top of the couch for a hit and Bunt! It right off behind her. Bingo looks where it's going and says, I got it, Bluey. Um, and she goes to where she is hitting it, which is the potted plant. And when she hits it, she knocks the potted plant over just a tiny bit and some of the soil drops out. Again, just a fun moment of animation here. But as the girls keep playing, Keely walks over looking a bit, I don't know, exasperated isn't the, isn't the right word here. She just looks like she's being a dutiful mother <laughs> like the whole mother thing of cleaning up after your daughters. But she walks over and scoops up the dirt on the ground and plops it back into the pot. As she finishes, the balloon goes near her and she bunts it across the room smiling. Ah, you're making it harder, Bluey cries out after mom hits it. Okay, I'm going to cook brekkie, kids. And she walks past the balloon and the girls and she bunts it to the other side of the room as her girls yell, mom, and giggle as they chase it. And I just want to know, do all Aussies call breakfast brekkie? Because if that's the case, I want to become Australian right now and start calling my breakfast brekkie. I am adopting that phrase in every part of my life from now on, and I'm going to use that word all the time now. It's just, it's just cute and fun, and it's just, oh, it's just so Australian. Man, y'all have some cool words in your language. I'm curious if there are any 
um, American English ones that you guys think are cool or that you like? Let me know. But as mom goes into the kitchen to cook brekkie, the girls find out a better strategy to keep up a balloon. They do small hits and it's way too easy for them. So easy, in fact, that they're able to move in the kitchen while keeping the balloon up between them and they show off to their mom. Wow, good strategy, balloon girls, she says with one hand on her hip and the other on a handle of a pan over the stove. As Bingo uh, says, they are keepy-uppy experts. The game has almost gotten boring with how good they are at it. They ask their mom to make it harder again so they can challenge themselves, but Keely is busy cooking up brekkie. Oh, I love that word. <laughs> she also calls Bluey Pickle in this section, which is another, another cute nickname for kids. Um, she turns back around and goes back to cooking when in steps the singing, laundry wielding, shadow boxing champion, dad. <laughs> good morning, everybody. I said good morning, everyone. Uh, <laughs> what's up, party people? <laughs> what an entrance it is. It makes you laugh out loud at the scene. Uh, another one of my favorite parts of the scene, um, on a closer look is when Keely doesn't even turn around to smile at her husband coming in. She's just so used to this weird goofball of a husband that she has just gotten used to it. And even when he makes an entrance like that, it's normal for her. His daughters aren't too faced, nor do they laugh either. Rather, they ask their dad to make the game a bit harder for them. And so he does. He walks over to Bingo and exclaims, ah, my newspaper. He picks up Bingo, flips her upside down, and starts to read her like a newspaper. Oh, so-and-so is at it again, Bandit says. Bingo, help! Bluey cries, trying to keep up the balloon and barely being able to as she runs back and forth. I can't! I'm a newspaper, she says. And then there's another really cute moment that contrasts what Bluey was going to do in a second. Um, I think that captures Bingo's personality really well. Rather than trying to fight off her dad as she's held upside down, she lets Bluey know that she can't and then just starts giggling and smiling that her dad is being such a goofball. Their personalities, Bingo and Bandit, uh, just seem to be the goofy ones. Even though Bingo wants to keep the balloon up, she can also appreciate a moment when her dad is just being funny and then she can laugh along with that. It's a really interesting and beautiful bond that they share. I was terrible at this as a kid and I still am. Whenever someone did something like that, like, like that to me, I was so competitive and I wanted to play that game so badly that I fought tooth and nail to get out of someone's grasp. Sometimes I would kick and scream and really fight the person holding me down. I essentially do what Bluey's going to do in a few seconds, so we'll talk about that more then. Bluey is hitting the balloon up to keep it up as much as she can when she hits it onto a glass cup on the counter. Very impressive. It is quite an impressive feat. So impressive, in fact, that Keely turns around and says, Whoa, look at that! As Bluey looks very proud and happy with herself. But there's no time to celebrate that cool achievement because Bingo is still being used as a newspaper. Bluey, help! I'll save you, Bingo, Bluey yells. Bandit and Bluey get in a short little tugging war over Bingo before Bandit says, Oh, you want to read the newspaper, do you? And lets Bingo go as Bingo topples over Bluey and has them both smiling on the ground. Just don't do the Sudoku, Vanda <laughs> says. Which just makes sense, honestly. This is a weird little point, but from this point, from the first three episodes, Bandit just seems so much more like a Sudoku person than a crossword kind of guy. 
So that little line just fits. It actually makes me curious what happens in writer's rooms. If there's any debate on any of this kind of stuff, like maybe the initial line was just don't do the crossword. But another writer saw that and said, I don't think Bandit is the kind of dad that would do a crossword, to be honest. But he seems like the kind of person who would do a Sudoku puzzle. For some strange reason, that just fits with Bandit's personality. But just in line with Bandit being the greatest actor of all time, he waltzes over to the counter and looks at the glass with the balloon sitting on top of it. Ah, look, lovely orange juice, he says, and he grabs the orange juice, flinging the balloon up in the air. The girls get up as quick as they can to run after it to keep the balloon up. Meanwhile, Bandit is taking fake sips. I know he's taking fake sips because no OJ leaves a glass, and when he puts it back, um, there's still the same amount of OJ there. But the girls are frantically trying to run around, keeping the balloon up. As the girls run past their dad, Bandit puts down the glass, and the second funniest thing that happens in this episode happens. The first is yet to come. <laughs> Bandit grabs Bluey and hugs her. Oh, dear child, he says. You grow up so fast. Dear child, embrace your father. <laughs> oh. I don't know what it was about this scene, but it sent me into a fit of laughs. It just reminded me of the times that my siblings or my parents would do that to me. And just the way Bandit is trying to make the game more challenging is just hilarious. He's hugging Bluey and Bluey is fighting tooth and nail to get away. Again, that is exactly how I would fight someone if someone did that to me when I was younger. All I wanted to do was keep the balloon up and anyone who got in my way, I needed to fight. I very much resonate with Bluey here, <laughs> but Bingo is struggling to keep up the balloon and she calls out for help from Bluey because she can't do it herself. Finally, she frees herself, Bluey frees herself, and bunt gets the balloon back up in the air just in the nick of time. Now it is smooth sailing from this point on. Not so long. Not as long as bandits around the house. Oh, this heat is oppressive, he says, and he moseys on over to the fan and puts it on. The balloon flies to the other side of the house as the girls chase after it. Goes right through the living room and is about to get to the other side of the house and right out of reach of the girls before Bandit shows up again. There's leaves everywhere, he says, with a leaf blower in his hands, pointed straight at the balloon and sends it back the other way. <laughs> Bandit has some legit Usain Bolt speed in this moment. It kind of shocked me to see um, him on the other side of the house like that. Because up until this point, there hasn't been many continuity errors. Um, but this is just physical comedy. Um, and it for sure got a laugh out of me. It was such a funny little scene. It was just really well done and hilarious. But the leaf blower makes the balloon soar through the playroom. And wouldn't you know it, there are toys everywhere. Who is responsible for all this mess, Bingo says. <laughs> Bingo is so freaking cute. And in steps Bandit on the porch outside. My, my, he says, all these toys lying around sure are making it difficult to keep the balloon up. Can you imagine how easy it would be if you tidy them all, all away? He smiles as he says it. And has what looks, what looks like a delicious bowl of granola, or maybe oatmeal, with some strawberries and raisins. But it doesn't matter because once again, the balloon miraculously falls into a perfect fit onto one of the blocks and Bluey proclaims, ha ha, see dad, our toys saved the balloon. Not for long, Bandit says, 
and he cranks up the fan in the room. The balloon teeters on the top block until it falls off on the other side. This is going to be a tough get for Bluey, but she sacrifices her own body. Well done, Bluey. She dives through the blocks and punts it back up into the air. But again, it is headed for disaster. <laughs> it's headed for the fan, Bingo shouts, and the fan knocks it outside. The next shot we get is Keely in the kitchen enjoying her brekkie when she sees the balloon fly by the window. As a side note, she looks like she's genuinely enjoying her breakfast here and she looks like she's genuinely enjoying a break from all the craziness going on in the moment. But the incredible thing is she enjoys keepy uppy even more. And as she sees the balloon loft past the window, she yells, oh no, we can't let it touch the ground and does a legitimately perfect dive to get the balloon back into the air outside. There is no doubt in my mind, no doubt, that Keely was a professional volleyball player at one time. Before she had kids, she was a professional volleyball player. Did you see her dive? It was absolutely perfect. I can just see her playing beach volleyball on the Aussie national team, just dominating. She's got some athletic chops there. Bingo and Bluey seem to be enjoying the game, thinking that it's still just a game, that the balloon just can't touch the ground but they really can't let it touch the ground, Keely says. Balloons pop if they touch grass. To which, I would like to know what the heck kind of grass do y'all have in Australia? This is the wildest thing I've ever heard. I even looked it up at, after this line and it seems to be true. Australians, for some reason, I'm not sure if it's because of it's, like an, it's a more extreme environment or because... It's just what they've always kind of used, but Australians use a grass that's thicker and rougher than the typical kind of grass. I don't understand. I don't understand what British people use. Maybe they use something different, but American versus Australian grass, it's different. But the idea that Australians have this um, sharper grass just seems like a typical Australian thing, like using more extreme grass that can pop a balloon. But how is that comfortable in the least to walk on barefoot? Gosh. Anyway, fix your grass problem. Australia, you got to fix that real quick because grass should not be able to pop balloons that easily. It's grass. It should be soft. Anyway, the girls look shocked to hear the news. It's Bluey's last balloon. They run after it as it goes near the fence and Bluey this time has a brilliant hit that sends it back into the air. But it goes over the fence into the yard of Lucky, their next door neighbor. They peek over the fence and Lucky is practicing his rugby kicks. Forgive me, all you Australians this time. I'm not sure what the heck the rules of rugby are or even really how to play. The only thing I've ever heard about rugby is about soccer. It's that soccer or football is a gentleman's sport played by hooligans, and rugby is a hooligan sport played by gentlemen. I found that be, to be uh, kind of true in my soccer career, but Lucky is over here practicing rugby when the healer clan cheers on Lucky to keep the balloon in the air. Lucky, with all the energy that he can muster, says, I'll get it, and pops it back up into the air. Okay, now, this next part is a scene we need to talk about. Lucky needs to work on his athleticism a little bit more. Maybe he needs to put the rugby ball away and get out some agility ladders because Lucky's cutting ability is lacking. 
He gets the balloon up once and his momentum takes him halfway across the yard. But at this point, okay, at this point, the balloon is maybe 20 feet off the ground and he's maybe 20 feet away from the balloon. And here Lucky says he's not going to be able to make it. Like, okay, first of all, we need to work on his confidence as well. Lucky is a freaking golden retriever. He should be the most, most confident, athletic, and energetic dog on the block. He should not be doubting himself for running 20 feet. 20 feet of running for him while the balloon is slowly trickling down to the ground should not be a single issue for him in the least. I mean, again, he's a golden retriever. He's good at retrieving things. And a balloon should be the easiest thing that kid has ever retrieved in his life. But he does have a pretty funny golden retriever moment of clumsiness, though. That if you ever had a glab or a golden retriever, you know how clumsy they can be. He trips as he gets up. And that's kind of what makes him believe that he won't be able to grab the balloon. But Lucky, get out some agility ladders and train. Get those cuts a little sharper because you're a freaking golden retriever. And honestly, that's a little embarrassing. I love you. Can't wait to see you in more episodes. Get out those agility ladders. This is uh, all for a purpose, though, it seems. As Lucky sees the ball falling just a little out of reach, in steps Lucky's dad, coffee cup in hand, running across the yard, yelling, mine, mine. Again, genuine shock and amazement in this scene. I knew it had to be kept up, but I did not think it was going to be this way that it was kept up. And this is the athleticism we need too, because Lucky's dad only spills a single drop of his coffee as he sprints across the yard after the balloon. I think if I tried that a hundred times, I would never be able to keep every single drop of coffee in my mug. So Lucky has a bright future if his dad is that athletic. And his dad is encouraging too. As he hits it back up in the air, he shouts for his son in a word. Okay, I've watched this maybe 40 times and I've not been able to decipher what this word is. I don't have subtitles, subtitles on either, so maybe that would help. But it sounds like he's saying, or he says, goes Lucky, get on it. I know for sure he says got on it, but the first word, I have no idea what it is. Is that like an Aussie thing? Again, I just don't know. If that is, I'm going to steal it, even though I don't really know what it means. And I don't think it makes a ton of sense. I still love it. (laughs) But Lucky appreciates the encouragement and encourages his dad back. Good one, dad. Very. These are like great cast golden retrievers. It's just perfect right here. So he says, good one, dad, as he hits the balloon back and it flies between him and his dad. And so his dad, (laughs) again, with all the youthful energy of a golden retriever, says, good one, boy, which is funny again for the dog thing of calling a dog boy, and then proceeds to run after it yelling, I got it, boy. (laughs) He jumps in midair to bunt up the balloon. And what does he do? Nothing else than the most relatable thing for every person past their 30s and especially for all the parents in their 30s still holding on to that scrap of athleticism that they still think they have. (laughs) He pulls his hammy. Yes, coffee is spilled out onto the grass and Lucky's dad yells in pain. Ah, I've done me hammy. (laughs) Honestly, I laughed so hard here. It was so far my favorite scene in any Bluey episode that I've ever seen. It's literally the most relatable thing in the world, too, because I just pulled my hamstring a few months ago playing football, 
and I've had a series of hamstring injuries ever since college ended and my athletic career came to a halt. <laughs> it was the funniest scene that I've seen um, in this episode in this show so far. And I just have some people too who make fun of my hamstring injuries. And I was so excited to share this scene with them for just how flat out relatable it was. And I also love how even in the midst of his pain, he's still fully invested in the game and encourages his son, you get it lucky, which is again, wildly relatable. I feel like every dad has done this and in the midst of pain, you still wanna win and focus on the game. So hats off to you, Lucky's dad. Love the dedication to keep you uppy and I hope your hammy heals up soon. Lucky sends it back over the fence amidst the pains and yells of his dad, <laughs> which just makes me laugh so hard, oh my goodness. Bluey says, thanks Lucky's dad, as they chase the balloon back in their own yard. Mom outruns her girls a little bit, but runs right into dad who blocks them with an umbrella when he steps in front of them and says, looks like rain, and unfurls the umbrella. The balloon sinks onto the grass through the gasp of Keely and rests there for just one second, and it's a second that you think and that you question, will this balloon pop or not? before it explodes into different pieces. The girls scream and run over to the balloon, looking very dejected. It's all good, Bandit says. We can always blow up another one. And Bluey explains to him how it was her last balloon. Bandit realizes what he did here, and very, he is very sorry. Did I make that a little too fun, he asks. And he goes over his daughters and sits on the grass with them. Sorry, squirts, he says. It's a hard one to get right. Let's pause here for just a minute. There's a lot of beauty in these two actions that he did here. The first was he went over and got on the girl's level. He sat down next to them in the midst of their pain and their frustration. It's a reminder for me that this should usually be the first step for comforting people when they're going through something. Get on their level. Not literally all the time, but come to the place where they are. The next thing he does is verbally apologizes. Even though he doesn't, and he didn't realize this was their last balloon, he realizes that he made the game a bit too difficult and apologizes for that to his girls. I cannot tell you how many times a genuine verbal apology has fixed a lot of issues that I've had with someone. It's something that I needed to work on more as well. Actually telling people I'm sorry out loud for something that I did. Bluey and Bingo, they lighten up just a little bit from being sad. It was pretty fun, though, Bluey shrugs. And Bingo cutely <laughs> rubs his hand, hands together in remembrance of the game and giggles. Yeah, it was definitely quite fun. <laughs> Bingo's language is oh, just the cutest and the best. And in steps, peeping Lucky over the fence with his half-hamstrung dad. Yeah, it was really fun, he says with his golden retriever energy. But mom kneels down next to her girls and tells them that they think they have one more balloon left. A big blue one. The next scene cuts to them blowing up the daddy balloon. And they fake blowing up Bandit's tail and he inflates. Shall we play keepy uppy, she suggests. Which, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but how on earth would they play keepy uppy with an inflated Bandit? I love the enthusiasm here, Keely. But this is just not going to work out for anybody. Luckily... Because if the girls cheered in excitement with Keepy Uppy and their dad as a balloon, they would have endured having to play Keepy Uppy with their dad as a balloon, and that would have ended roughly. 
But Bluey shakes her head and says, uh-uh. Go free, birdie. She lets her dad go as he acts like a balloon that has all the air let out of it. And he's running around the yard into the trampoline, eventually knocking over his three girls in a heap on the ground. A moment that looks like it causes such pain that a bird in the tree winces. But the last shot, we get a family shot of them on the ground as they look like they're having an amazing time with each other and just setting up the day to be a massive success. Great episode. My favorite so far. So, so much fun. Each episode, I am going to be talking about four things that I notice in each episode. Four because there are four members of the family. Um, now, these aren't the most important parts of the show, but they're just things that I really liked and that I noticed. So, here we go. Number one, this weird bone that's sitting on top of one of their dressers or something like that. It's the first thing I saw in this episode. Um, and it's weird that Keely... The uh, healer family has a massive bone sitting on one of their drawers in the living room. The bone's massive. It's about the size of Bluey, and I have no idea what it's for, but it does seem a bit weird. I don't know. Maybe it's like dog taxidermy or something. But imagine if like a human just had like ribs hanging from their wall or something like that. It just struck me as a bit funny, a bit odd. Number two. Keely is an excellent volleyball player. I mentioned this before, but there is nothing that can convince me otherwise that she was not an excellent volleyball player in her time. That dive to save the balloon from going down was absolutely perfect form. She popped right up, ready for the next play to happen too. Props to Keely for that volleyball form. And even though all of us know that volleyball players might have a little less fitness than rugby players or soccer players, we might need Keely to teach some jabs and cuts and quickness drills to Lucky over there. <laughs> For real, Lucky, love you, but get on those agility ladders ASAP. Number three, is anyone else insanely jealous of that playroom door? It's just like this massive accordion door that opens up into the entire backyard. Like, is this a typical Aussie thing? Because if Aussies have that, I will legitimately move to Australia in the next few weeks to buy one of those houses that has a door like that. Well, maybe I'll just build it in a home when I buy a home when I get one in America. But anyway, it just opens up the whole house. It's just a wonderful part of their home. I want one. I love the design of it. I am very jealous of their accordion massive door in their playroom. Number four. There is like a walk around porch or a walk I don't know what it is, a porch around a tree in their backyard. I'm not sure if this is supposed to be a tree house because if it is, it would be a kind of lame tree house. But it just kind of seems nice, maybe like just a normal walkway. It's big enough. Um, it's a big enough tree that it, it could probably act as a bench too. Mm, maybe a bench. My A bench is my best guess for this. And if that's the case, I would be posted out there all day just reading and enjoying the day. It does look pretty amazing, but it's a tree. The trees move and grow. Those slats are going to get popped out real soon if the tree keeps moving. So it could be a slight issue in the future, and Bandit might need to do some repairs on that. But I love the impractical enjoyment of a bench around a tree. Every episode, we are going to talk about the theme of what I think each episode is. And today, the, the theme that I think is 
present for this episode of Bluey is sorrow. I was going to make the theme pulling a hamstring <laughs> because that has been a major theme of my own life in the last few years, but sorrow fits a little bit better here in this episode. Okay, maybe a lot better in this episode. I was also going to make the theme forgiveness, but I didn't think that was a good fit either because the focus, I think, was on the apology of Bandit rather than the forgiveness of the girls. This episode has an... It's just an absolutely upbeat one. It kind of reminded me of those throwaway episodes that happen in other series. I'm kind of thinking about the tales of Ba Sing Se here um, in Avatar Last Airbender. Which is weird because it was an episode, honestly, for the first bit, for the first, like, the majority of it until the last two minutes. It was my least favorite episode and was one that I just wanted to skip over and I almost did. I hated those pointless episodes, but the last two minutes of Avatar Last Airbender were the tales of Ba Sing Se. It made it the best episode in the entire series, in my opinion. Um... It just transformed that episode into something that was throwaway to something that was probably the most meaningful and impactful episode um, in the entire series. And this happened uh, with another show a few months ago or a few years ago that came out called Barry. Um, the entire episode was just one big fight scene between a few characters, and they did it really well, better than a lot of other shows. And I know every episode of Bluey is kind of random, but this entire episode is based off an idea that the kids need to keep a balloon up in the air it just has like an idea of wastefulness to it to be honest but more than that it has the idea of pure joy to it it's a game i think we've all played as kids and this episode could have been really great if they just kept playing this game the entire episode and nothing bad happened at all it still would have been a hilarious episode but bandit doesn't know this is the last balloon because he doesn't know that he doesn't know the stakes of the game and makes it just slightly too difficult for the girls. Because now the balloon pops, they can no longer play the game. When Bandit realizes this, he goes over and sits on the ground next to Bluey and Bingo, and just says, sorry, squirts. It's a hard one to get right. And there's a really beautiful moment when Bingo, again, Bingo for the win every freaking episode so far. Oh my goodness. But she puts her paw on her dad's knee, and rubs it in what looks like an understanding and compassionate way. She understands the pain in her dad's face and understands the pain of messing up the game and wants to console him. Even though she's sad, that is real maturity. Like, honestly, for a four-year-old to be able to have that kind of maturity, oh my gosh, bingo blows me away every single episode so far. I've only seen three, but bingo blows me away all three episodes. But I think this episode does highlight the importance of saying sorry. How it can go such a long way in a relationship. As Anne Lamott says, not saying sorry is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. It's my one of my favorite quotes about saying sorry, about apologizing and forgiveness. Saying sorry is a confession of something that you did as wrong and that you'll try to make it up and be better next time. Something that every human being has done in existence and is something we need a bit more of. Both people saying sorry and realizing that none of us are perfect. Everyone makes mistakes, but it just takes a real man, a real woman, a real dog to be able to confess your errors and seek forgiveness. 
Thank you, Bandit. Thank you for teaching me this lesson. I will seek to recognize what I've done, and if it hurts anyone, or even if I have, haven't, I will seek to apologize and say sorry more for the things that I've done. It can be freeing to say sorry. Humbling, but freeing. This is a new segment that we're going to do, but I think it's a necessary one. Every episode from this point on, I am going to award the MVP of the episode. I'm going to keep a running tally of how many MVP slots each character gets, and we will see who the real MVP of the show is um, when we come to an end of our journey in a few months' time. But the first two episodes, I am 100% biased, (laughs) but I think the MVP of each of those episodes was Bingo. If you want to see my rationale for picking her in both of those episodes, you can revisit the episodes and just see how she interacts and the incredibly, just the incredible things she learns and teaches us through them. So bingo, bingo, you are off to an early lead with two points. For this MVP, it may come as an incredible shock to everyone listening, but the MVP award for episode three of Bluey season one is... Lucky's dad. Don't even know his name yet, but sacrificing his hamstring for keepy uppy and then sacrificing his pain by encouraging his son to get the balloon is the kind of stuff that we look for in the MVP award. I mean, I think Jordan's flu game is a pretty appropriate comparison. (laughs) This man fights through the pain and when when the pain becomes too much, he captains his team on from the sideline. Lucky's dad You are the real MVP of this episode, so we tip our hats to you, and thank you for showing up. Every single episode, I am going to share with you a story that this episode reminded me of from my childhood. Um, I think one of the best parts of Bluey is that it helps us remember. It helps me remember a lot of my childhood and the fond memories I have of it. So... I don't have a full story for you today, rather just kind of a collection of memories of playing Keepy Uppy or Keep It Up with another one of my childhood best friends, Freddie. Freddie was a freak of an athlete. Now, we always battled it out in the soccer field, and he was and still is to this day the greatest racket sport player I have ever met. You can ask any one of my friends, any of my siblings. He is, this dude knows how to play racket sports. The hand-eye coordination, oh my goodness, it's next level. But we played pickleball and badminton in gym class. I could never beat him in badminton. I still don't think I have to this day. We partnered up in pickleball and just ran the court every year. But this kid was a freak of an athlete. I still don't think I've beaten him in ping pong. But I have gotten a lot better. And I think I could give him a pretty good run for his money in recent years. And tennis? Forget about it. The kid wiped the floor with me. He was also... He was also a D3 soccer champ back in our day in college. So, yeah, Freddie was, was an athlete. But I do remember playing keepy uppy with him a few times at my house. I don't remember how long it would go on for, but I remember one time my brother Jordan jumped in on the game. And Jordan is a freak of an athlete as well. He's the best in our family. I can, I can tell his stories and sing his praise for days. But that's for another time. I think we played keepy uppy for like an hour We didn't let it touch the ground. We had to make it more interesting because we were getting so good at it. And we played 
kind of, it was just too easy. So we decided we were going to play against each other. Each person went in order. Jordan hit, then Freddie, then me. And you had to hit it straight up in the air. No spiking, obviously. And if it hit the ground on your turn, you lost. I miss that game. I miss those moments. Those memories. I'm pretty sure that I lost every single round against those two. But the fun times of laughing and just enjoying being competitive around each other was just so fun. So thank you, Freddie, for being a great friend growing up. Thanks for taking it easy on me when we played ping pong, because I know that you did. Thank you, Bandit, too. He taught us a good lesson about apology and sorrow today. And finally, thank you to Lucky's dad for the ultimate sacrifice. Anyway, I'll be seeing you. Thanks again for listening to this episode. I'd encourage you, if you have listened to it, to rate it what you think it deserves. Ones and five stars are welcome. I would love some reviews and some feedback on what you think is good or what you think needs to improve in this podcast. Very open to suggestions. And if you want to support me right now, just give me a good review or a rating or something like that. I have a Patreon channel set up, barely. I need another week to set the whole thing up and get it running. I have no idea what I'm doing with it. I haven't really looked into it yet, but it's just been way too fun creating these episodes to even think about that stuff. But again, I want to thank you so much for listening to this. It means so much to me, and I can't wait to grow this community of Louie-obsessed people. 